0: It's time for some game cock football.
1: Excitement about South Carolina football than there is right
2: now.
3: I've heard all the stories of the great George Rogers out
0: back in nineteen eighty. He made the whole nation holler. And I've seen that photograph of young Steve Tannehill of an old fell Valley
2: signing his name on the field. Yeah, and I love the year two thousand one if it Williams Price rock. Oh, what else? I say, I'm just a big old cop. Oh my God. We made it. Episode number 50. Look at that. Is going to start off with a band hammer. Because uh, uh, moron Billy Hicks, uh, who's, you know, probably. Doesn't have an, an identity, you know, one, one know his, his real name. Who's been blocked uh, on, on Twitter has made his way into the chat box mm-hmm. right away. This is like waking up and, and and you've got like a big spread and some food, and uh, you're ready for a morning tailgate. You got the mimosas set up, the, the bloody marys, and then a dog, a mangy dog, not a good dog, a mangy dog comes in and takes a sh- crap right in the middle <laughs> of your spread. So, so Bill, let's take the trash out real quick, brother. (laughs) Bill, not Bill. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm not dealing with him. I'm not dealing with any anonymous Clemson Twitter idiots ever. Okay? Just not doing it. Nope,
3: nope, nope, nope. Definitely not today, yeah.
2: Psychopath. they got a big game coming up. I know. Syracuse. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you got you know, your own. Noon kick off about. in the valley, man. They're undefeated, right? Dino Babers um, bringing it. Dino Babers and, and everybody. 50th episode of Inside the Game Cox, the show today. JC Sherbert and Phil Molinax had to uh, had to get rid of that guy. Uh, and that, 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 that also may not even be the, the one that the, the crazy person on Twitter. But uh, anyway, I just had to take that trash out. I'm not dealing with that today, Phil. I don't want you to deal with it. Uh, we had a nice big opening today. Gamecocks play Texas A&M tomorrow night, seven thirty PM kickoff. We got Wando Michael Flint uh, coming in for his weekly segment, the X's and O's thing. He'll break it down, and probably as Michael fall over two or three times, but that's part of the charm of his segments.
3: That's what uh, I love about it. It's awesome. it's amazing.
2: Uh, so Wando's coming in, uh, normal Friday segment, and, and what we do, we're kind of back on track now because I went. Uh, SC State got moved to Thursday. Uh, and then I went to Kentucky and then there's the open date. So it's been about three or four weeks since we've done this on a Friday. Um, <clears throat> what we want is predictions. Uh, we want predictions from you and then the city where you're, uh, you know, typing it in from, uh, I would say calling it in, but nobody really calls anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, Phil, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one, I won't answer the phone. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, even if it's somebody, I know, I'm like, why don't you just text?
3: Just text me. Yeah.
2: text true. me, please. I'm just, you know. Uh, it's cause you got to give your undivided attention to someone when you're on the phone, but texting, you can kind of multitask, but anyway,
3: mom and stepdad still leave voicemails, man. I'm like, I've got some
2: voicemails recently. Nat's parents voicemailed me one the other day and it was, it was cute because I don't think they even felt comfortable using my phone number before, uh, but they were like, hey, JC, uh, call Nat. She's not there. She's there with you. I was like, yeah, you know, they have they have a thick tie accent.
3: By the oh way. yeah, oh yeah.
2: All you right. know, um, anyway. A but,
3: little couple saw the picture of them with the uh, with the boy there at the last football game. Yeah. Congrats to their team
2: going eight and one this year. Nice. The Daggum Lockport Porters, man. Yeah, man. Uh, they actually have really cool helmets. Like, okay, so Lockport. Uh, Chicago, right. You know, the reason mm-hmm. Chicago is a place is because they, they built this canal that kind of connected Lake Michigan with ultimately the Mississippi river, right?
3: Yeah. They were very so, the of the Chicago river. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly how
2: yeah. you know your history there, Phil. Yeah. Well, good good. Well, I know you and the missus like Chicago. You've got
3: Yeah. Yeah. I love Chicago.
2: Yeah. And so, uh, so down the river away, kind of near where we live, uh, there's a, what's called a lock and it, you know, in other words, they, they, the ships go through and it, you know, I guess they raise them. I don't know much about it, man. I'm dumb when it comes to engineering or anything like that. Uh, so it's Lockport, port and then they're called the porters and they, they have these anchors on their helmets and stuff. Uh, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of like it, you know, I kind of like their, their mascot and their, uh, logo and all that good stuff. But anyway, we're not here about to talk about Illinois freshman high school football. Obviously. Uh, I do have a note from the high school ranks, uh, Reported this on the TheBigSpur.com this morning. If you're a VIP member, you know. Uh, Lenora Sellers, quarterback uh, from South Florence, committed to Syracuse. Looks like the Gamecocks are going to offer him a scholarship pretty soon. So nice. the plot, plot will thicken. Um, Phil, I've been real high on this kid for a, you know since his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. He's big. He's an accurate passer. He threw for 425 yards in the first half against Wilson the other day. Um, one of those Florence teams beat Burns. I think it's West Florence. May have been South. I think it's West.
3: Oh, yeah, that uh, was earlier in the season. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> one of
2: my friends who's a huge Burns Rebel fan, we all went there, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. I probably, I'd probably, probably have season tickets, too, if I lived back in Duncan. You know, I'd have my little chair back, Burns <laughs> Rebel chair back. He said, how about them Rebels, man? Let's go come on. every Friday night. I hope to be Norman, you know. But – uh Alas, I'm a Porter's guy now, but uh, you know it, it, it. The the Florence teams have played well this year, except Wilson. Uh, but this guy with Marcus Satterfield in attendance, 425 yards and a half. Uh, very accurate passer, six three and a half, two seventeen. I, you know, Phil, I Carolina's got a lot of quarterbacks on the roster. They got quarterbacks incoming. They got they got a lot of hooks in the water, so to speak, at that position. But I, my feeling uh, is that this kid's probably just too good. Uh, to mm-hmm. just not try on. Uh, now he's got a two- or three-year relationship with the OC at Syracuse who was at Virginia where he's previously committed to. So I don't know. You know, it, it may not be easy. It, I, I, I would hesitate to say – I need to get my hair in here. man. Hang on a mm-hmm. Uh You know, uh, I would hesitate to say that it's a given that he flips. But, you know, you got sort of home field advantage over there in right. Florence. Um, don't want to go all the way and play in the ACC – uh, in a basketball arena uh, with feet of snow on the ground, uh, maybe maybe you want to play in the SEC and, and come hang out, uh, you know, closer to home. I don't know. I, I've heard different. I, I've heard the relationship with the Syracuse OC could be tough to beat, but I've also heard he's really interested in staying close to home. Uh, you know, we know how that is, man. In exactly? SEC recruiting battles. You know, some the home team. Uh, the home team's not undefeated, but the home team's batting a high percentage. Let's just say that, especially when it's, you know, Syracuse versus the home team. Yeah, I was
3: going to say, yeah, and let's hope we could beat Syracuse. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and I'll say this, you know, quarterbacks, though, are a different breed, you know, in terms of of, of college decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll go to another school, you know, that, yeah. uh, you know, doesn't doesn't quite like, like a, unlike maybe a receiver or a running back or, or whatever, uh, just because they're looking at depth chart. They're looking at playing time. They're looking at can I go in here and compete? Um, that's why there's so many of those guys in the transfer portal uh, these days is the quarterback. You know, they, you only play one at once. You know,
3: that's, right. so mm-hmm.
2: that's the deal there. Uh, Syracuse, uh, we say that you hope you can beat Syracuse, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Syracuse is six and I know. I know. I- They've been impressive doing it, too.
3: Yeah, I know. It's a, they're looking pretty good. They got a decent uh, defense. Uh yeah, you know.
2: Perhaps Billy Hicks is still listening. Clemson better watch out. Because those Syracuse mm-hmm. kids, uh, they almost beat them last year, uh, mm-hmm. up there. Um, uh, they're better this year. They've played Clemson off their feet before. They're not gonna be scared or intimidated, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, their confident team, Dino Baber certainly isn't going to be. So that's uh yeah, I think Dabo was correct this week hyping that game. All right. Enough about Clemson and high school football. There's the recruiting note for today. Uh, Jared chimes in on the Nana Sports chat box. Happy 50th show, fellas.
3: Thank you, sir.
2: 50. Thanks for everybody. A, I feel good about that. that was uh, uh, This thing's uh, this thing lasted a long time. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, show-wise. So we appreciate you, Jared. And thank you for being a loyal listener and uh, someone that's uh, always in the chat box. Colin says, good morning. One more sleep.
3: That's it. Um,
2: And then Colin mentions Josh Pate picked A&M this morning with the least amount of confidence. Yeah, he's going back and forth. I watched the whole Josh Mm -hmm. Pate segment. We'll actually have that up on our Facebook page, uh, Mm -hmm. facebook.com slash inside the Gamecocks. Please go like that page. We're trying to kind of collect likes, you know, and and build that because that's uh, a place we stream and, you know, our numbers on Twitter are great. YouTube's great. The podcast version is blowing up, you know, Mm -hmm. but, uh, We're a little light on Facebook, so we we, we need to build that audience. So go like our Facebook page if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Doc says, good morning, go Cox. Let's take that W from them Aggies. Uh, Lance goes, what up, (laughs) Killers? I love
3: Lance.
2: Lance is just like always super positive. What's up, Player Killer? What's going on? Uh, The crowd may explode Saturday night. If we somehow pull this off, Willie B will sway once again. And like we say, if it ain't swaying, we ain't playing.
3: That's it. just don't give everybody a reason to go to the fair.
2: No man. Yeah, because everybody would be all liquored up and fired up and then they yeah. You know, like then all of a sudden third quarter, if it's if if A and running away with it, they're gonna be like, I want an elephant here. Yeah, that's right. Let's go get some funnel cakes. Mm. <laughs> I, I I sort of like funnel cakes.
3: I do too. Yeah. They're, they're, I
2: they're shouldn't they're, I can't, they're can't eat them a whole lot. They're <laughs> too sweet. Uh, mm. But I like I like the powdered sugar and maybe this, maybe a little a nice blueberry topping or a cherry topping.
3: Oh, I'm I'm straight just sugar. I like it just 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 powdered straight sugar. up powdered yeah.
2: sugar with the fried dough there. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's I'll eat it that way too. Uh, I'm not picky. Uh, not cynical Harry says uh, hello. All fiftieth episode, outstanding. Thank you, mm-hmm. cynical. Ben goes. I'll be wearing all black tomorrow night because it's Jimbo's funeral for lost Jimbo. Nathan has a great one here in before adult dating bots
3: yeah you beat them
2: <laughs> uh, Sean says spurs up fellas Bryce says get that clown out of here get that clown out of here shut the refrigerator clown <laughs> Uh, Lance says happy 50th. Doc has a good point. Syracuse may have their number. The fighting demo, Dino's. Yeah. Dino Babers. Dino the dinosaur. Um, Billy could have left for parental advisory lyrics. <laughs> Doc says no ass clowns. We already have one. <laughs> um. <laughs> Right, and I told you guys I do the predictions. I don't know no poll predictions. Hey, and it goes like this: like JC from Homer Glen, Illinois, twenty-eight, nineteen Gamecocks. And by the way, I did say uh, yesterday on the Spurs Up Show because I was like, well, I'm just gonna let it go because this score has been in my head, and I don't want to overthink it because last time I overthought it, uh, I picked them to beat Georgia State fifty-two to twenty.
3: Right? Yeah, let it go a little long. <laughs>
2: Um, I'm going with, uh, 28, 19 Gamecocks and, uh, keep in mind guys, you know, cause I, uh, there, there's been some little comments on social media about yours truly, not from my audience. I think from the Spurs up show audience last week, or Kentucky, when I picked the Gamecocks to be Kentucky. he's been wrong about every prediction actually, as far as score goes. Yeah. Hadn't been a good year winners though. Picked them to win the four games they've won. And I picked Arkansas and Georgia to beat them. So I didn't pick the upset against Arkansas. Did I? Nah. Uh,
3: no. Uh, no, no. I, I went out on a limb and took that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. yeah. Straight money line. You're, you're
2: hot. I'm money. I'm money on the money line. baby. <laughs> JC's money line picks right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. My man, John, part of the Pacific Northwest Gamecock Club. <laughs> Greetings from the Smoky Pack Northwest. Can't underestimate the importance of this game tomorrow. Seems like an inflection point for the opening frame of the Beamer tenure. Uh, I think it's a game the Gamecocks need to go out and win. Yeah, um, you know, because it, it, you sort of get the feeling like, well, A and M's kind of this. I don't even want to call them a wounded animal. They're very pedestrian this year. So I, yeah, I'm going to use that word again. They're very. I was pedestrian. thinking
3: that this morning. I'm like, is this really a wounded animal? And I'm like, not really. I mean, you know, because like, I, I don't know. But I, like I, thought, I,
2: I thought the expectations for them were skewed to begin with. Admittedly, yes, yeah, I thought their offense would be okay because uh, I guess I just sort of bought into the fact last year when Haynes King got hurt, that took them back a little bit because yeah. they had that kid that ended up going to Auburn that hadn't even scratched at Auburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Calizada, had the one great game against Alabama and then he kind of went off the, the mark I, I thought it would be their defense because they replaced so many good players on defense and they'll be young well their mm-hmm. run defense has been good but their defense in general has been very opportunistic and i, and I wrote about this today in an article of the bigspur.com phil that's the thing you cannot give them life because mm-hmm. and it, it, this is why i think that they're not a bad football team I'll call them pedestrian because a bad football team would be if, if AM were bad, they'd be sitting here at one and five. Right. You know, but Arkansas, all right, so here's two examples. And one win, one loss. Well, I'll go back to the first win. I, I broke all these down. Miami outgained AM 392 to 264. Held them, dude. Miami went up and down the field, missed two field goals just like Bama, and they kicked three, couldn't get it in the end zone. So they got bogged down. Um, so that's A. B, Arkansas is about to go in and go up 21-7. You know how hot Arkansas was at that Mm -hmm. point. Uh, Fumble, and the kid for A&M, Harrison, I think his name, picked it up. 82 yards later, uh, A&M sees the momentum, and then in the second half, they shut Arkansas down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Late touchdown, made it 23-21, and that was it. So close – I mean, so they won that one. Uh, The Alabama game – you know, it was close. They're right there on the one yard line about to win at Brian Denny, which is unbelievable in a lot of ways. But like I've mentioned all week, Bama turned it over four times, missed two field goals. Uh, so when you don't take advantage of scoring opportunities against this bunch, and preferably you'll get touchdowns. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't, I, I, I mentioned Mitch Jeter hadn't missed a kick yet this year. I shouldn't have done that. Cause I
3: know oh, that's, no, right. no. <laughs> I know. That. put it
2: in the article. Uh, but you know, Carolina's not going to go out there and, stumble around on special teams or whatever, uh, you know, but th- this offense does, you know, has had moments this year, Phil, where they have not taken advantage of scoring opportunity. Uh, Georgia was an example of that. I think the first drive against Arkansas, you could say that. I think, you know, jump over the cupcake games and then uh, to a couple of drives, you know, three drives really in the first half against Kentucky, uh, yeah. you left points out there. Gamecocks absolutely don't need to do that tomorrow night. Because this team, this AM team's good at sneaking up on you, right? They're, they're almost a spider web team, kind of like Kentucky.
3: Yeah, I, I like think it. they just need to, to, a bit more capitalization because it's like when you look at their numbers, this is obviously a bend but don't break team. Mm-hmm. And they're being fairly successful at that because they're holding opponents to low points, but high yes. yards. So, you know, you're going to have to beat. take your shots. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have to take your shots where you got them. And uh, and I don't know if, you know, matriculating the ball down the field into the red zone every single time is going to get it done. I, I, you're going to have to take some chances.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. And then hopefully the red zone offensive playbook this week has some good ones in it. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> um, all right. So, like I said, prediction and hometown, Queasy 35 21, Garnet Army. Sparkle mm-hmm. City, hometown. Uh, Doc says my hometown was down yesterday to Sparkle Vegas. <laughs> I went to the West and Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those that don't know this story. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was the 90s video poker was legal in South Carolina. Phil's current wife and I were
3: Yeah, I wasn't uh, even there and I, I wasn't
2: heard. even there. We 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 got hungry, you know. We had been up partying all night. We were in college. And we got this place called Simple Simon's. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Simple Simon or not. I think it's on Pine Street, right across from like where Ford's Drugs used to be and there's a hotel. There's kind of near Converse, but it was a it was like Papa Sam's, it was a kind of late night breakfast place, but I, you know, not as crowded as Papa Sam's. In fact, rarely were there were more than two other people in there. So I had my head down on the table sleeping trying to drink my coffee waiting on my omelet. And I just got up and I had a five dollar bill. I was like, I looked to the west and saw Vegas, and I went and put it in the poker machine and won thirty five dollars. <laughs> but it was just kind of funny how it was. Doc says I'm going with my gut and say thirty one thirteen. Cox start to finish. Craigers in the chat box. Hey guys, What's you're up, late, Craig. Craig. You're you're tardy. Today. You're late. You're late. Yep, tardy. Uh, Clint goes. JC, would you say Sellers compares favorably to someone like Hooker? I think his accuracy this year has gotten a lot better. And so there are some similarities size wise, uh, accuracy wise. Uh, I don't know that they're identical, but out of high school, you know, that's the thing about hooker. He's always been an accurate passer, you know? Um, I don't know, going a million miles an hour certainly has helped him. He's in a zone, right? Can't say enough mm-hmm. good about him. I don't want to go too far with that, but size wise and arm wise, I think it is. Uh, Chris says I love sparkle Vegas. Let's shorten it to spark Vegas. Make T-shirts and pay players to wear them. Uh, Jeffrey says, 27-23 Cox, late TD from AM to make it look closer. He's from Maryland, making it down from Missouri next week. Congratulations, Jeffrey. All right. Yeah, man. Um, I hope Syracuse wins. However, I bet they lose by 20-plus. Non-believer in the orange. They're like one of those ACC teams that starts off well. But you know eventually, but yeah, they've also, you know, Cuse has played some good teams. Now, Mm -hmm. at Clemson and Notre Dame coming up, that's going to be a challenge, Mm -hmm. won't it? I mean, I actually think they'll beat the snot out of Notre Dame in in the Carrier Dome. You know, although upstate New York, uh, what's that crowd probably going to be, Phil? 60-40, Sarah, use it best.
3: Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Irish. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: there's going to be a huge Irish contingency
2: there. Sure, sure, for old Notre Dame. Hughes won't be able to score enough, and especially at Memorial Stadium. Yeah, Clemson's, Clemson had a players only meeting on defense this week. They're not, they, mm-hmm. they, they haven't, they have not played on defense consistently as well as I expected. Now, mm-hmm. in games, though, they'll go through long periods of dominance. Uh, and then something oh, kind of yeah. happens and somebody else scores. I mean the other team scores or whatever. Will goes 31-21 game cox. Crager says, been here since day one. Happy 50th. We appreciate you, Craig. By the way, you sure?
3: thank you, Craig. Your
2: package should have arrived either yesterday or today. Your magnet and your barbecue rub. By the way, uh Billy G's barbecue rub uh is amazing. Uh I'm gonna probably get uh some ribeyes or houses and put it on there, or at least mine. The fiance likes to put sesame oil on hers. I'm not a big fan of that. But anyway, mm-hmm. fire that up tomorrow. So, you know, uh, Doc talks about the funnel cake, addictive fried bread and sugar. It's a superfood.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, Doc, you're totally correct.
2: Yeah, Austin Austin <laughs> says, happy gold anniversary, guys. Look forward to more. Sondra Day says, clown. Uh, Rick says four lost Jimbo has a nice ring to it. I got to give uh, Keith credit for that one.
3: Yep, that's the father all day.
2: <laughs> he is the master of four lost Jimbo Sunbelt Billy. Billy. Uh, and I can't repeat what he said about Mark Stoops because I I got a little note from YouTube about it. <laughs> it's like you can't say that.
3: nope Yep. Yeah, yeah. But he's there, got I some think... creative ones, definitely. I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. He, he's pretty good. Right, Sonder goes Sonder Days is from Charleston. Thirty seventeen 17 Game Cox. Nathan Crocker, Game Cox 28 21, Chambly, Georgia, via Clinton, South Carolina, home of the Red Devils.
3: Red Devil, Clinton Red Devils.
2: Uh, ben says 27 21 from Emerald Isle, North Carolina. Beautiful.
3: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Dexter says 30 24 Game Cox. Crager uh, 27 17 from North Augusta. Actually, filled that address out the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc's from Western North Carolina, 3113. Cock start to finish. Doc's getting his prediction in today, man. It's the third time he's put it up there. Yeah, man. <laughs> um,
3: Double down on that one. That's a good one. I like that. 3113. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: 2421, Rick from Jacksonville, Florida. Ooh. By the way, listen to Rick's music. Rick is a musician, very talented guy. Uh, what? check that out. Check that out. Um, uh, Matt says, Clint, uh, talking about uh, uh, Lenoris Sellers, he said I watched his midseason film. The first name that came to mind for me is Matt Corral. I could see it because you know Lenoris isn't like a super mobile guy, but he can he can get out of trouble kind of like Matt and uh, the arm angles and stuff. You know, of course, I think Lynn Kiffin really did a great job with Matt Corral because I didn't think Matt Corral was worth a poo coming out of high school. <laughs> he committed he was kind of an overhyped California kid, in my opinion. He committed to Florida, then backed off, and nobody would take him but Ole Miss at the end. And Elaine had just gotten there. And boy, Lane did a great job. I mean, really, because Matt Corral wasn't throwing with Patrick Mahomes style arm angles and things like that before Lane got a hold of him. my man Joel, Jeter for the win, 27 26 Carolina. I can confirm Louisville, Kentucky is the origin of that. Sean goes, we're going to shut them down. 377 Gamecocks. Wow. Man, that'd be nice. Uh, another member of the Pacific Northwest Gamecock Club. I don't want to call it the Gamecock Club. Let's call it the Gamecock Pack. The Gamecock Pack, like a pack of cocks. Um, pack. I mean, a pack of Gamecocks. So
3: they're in the shadows of Mount Rainier.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that thing's freaky, man. Yeah, You know, you're like look over one. And also, there's this big white thing on the... You're like, what the, the you know... That, <laughs> uh, Mount uh, Mount St. Helens and Mount Hood, whenever you're up going up and down high it's, uh, five, uh, it's in a, Mount Hood's in Portland, but they're near Portland, I guess. But man, I wouldn't want to climb that thing, man. Oof. No. It's yeah. a volcano. You know, those are volcanoes, too, because, I mean, Mount St. Hel- Helens obviously erupted. Rainier is a volcano. I'm like, what would happen to Seattle if that thing Yeah. Mm. Uh, he says, go Cox. I hope we win tomorrow. I don't have a good feeling though. Xavier's not feeling it. So, I mean, it, it, I don't feel as good as I did with the Kentucky game, but I, I feel like when you break like the reason I felt good about the Kentucky game was the matchups. And I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought the first two big losses against Arkansas and Georgia, Phil, the Gamecocks faced two of the best offensive lines at the time, uh, in yeah. the country, in the country. In the country, I mean, uh, those two groups for Georgia and Arkansas were playing cohesive, blocking guys. You know, Carolina's D line played hard; they just couldn't get off blocks, and you know that's what happened in those two games. But uh, you know, Kentucky, not the same animal, and A and M, definitely not. We talked to Jeff Tartley earlier this week. There could be two new starters up there up front uh, for a, a group that's already letting the quarterback get hit multiple times. So, yeah, look, what the Gamecocks also can't do tomorrow on defense is play passive. You
3: know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to be aggressive, guy. <laughs> yeah. You got to get
2: after their quarterback and, of course, tackle well and you got to stop A Chain and all that. Colin said that it we went for the KJ Jefferson fumble. Arkansas runs away with that, that game.
3: That was um, a huge momentum shift in that game. I mean, as, was, yeah.
2: Exactly. And, then. If you give them momentum, you know, they are going to they're gonna take they're, they're a opportunistic football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh JG J G A halfway between Chuck and Columbia, 23-21 Cox. Brian says not trying to jinx anything, but I have a feeling we have a chance to run it up on AM. Am I crazy? If Texas AM can't stop the run and South Carolina's defense and their defensive line's eating, of course.
3: Yep. I mean and if you're you're creating turnovers. Yeah, you got all the opportunity yeah.
2: to do. That. Most mm-hmm. football games where the other team has this great you know uh, advantage on the defensive line versus your offensive line. And then the other opposing defense cannot stop the run. I mean, how many times have we seen Carolina not be able to stop the run and then uh <laughs> not be able to to to, to, uh, block. <laughs> you know, that's happened and usually the game cocks lose. So anyway, we're about 30 minutes in. I'm gonna take a break, first break. Uh, don't forget Wando coming up top of the hour. Keep those predictions rolling in on the Nana Sports chat box. Also have some in the iHealth Consulting mailbag. We will get to inside the game, guys. The show prediction Friday. Uh the day we kicked Billy Hicks uh, you know, right away out of the yeah. chat. First, uh, he is not welcome. Not welcome. The band hammer came out of right away today. Uh, but we'll be back after these messages inside the Gamecocks show. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners. Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864 414 5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell, Baker, Kane.
1: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing,
0: What's up, this is Johnny Bell with the Gamecocks, and you are
3: now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax. First hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and Coldwell Banker Kane Realty here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for all your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. Get in touch with Cindy. And we are rolling right along. Nana's porch chat box is just on
2: fire. Anymore. I mean, we got
3: all kind of stuff to say. Hey, give us a like on YouTube and Facebook when you see a video, or if you're watching this one, just hit the thumbs up and do us a favor. That that really helps us out too, as well.
2: Yeah, the more YouTube, I mean, they're called subscribers, but you don't have to pay anything. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, so
3: subscribe to the channel and like the show. <laughs>
2: So, all right, so it's interesting. We, we, we've got eight Eight JM2 is uh, confident. He said eight and two is pretty much a lock. Probably split Tennessee-Clemson after that, lost to Tennessee is more likely. And I'll be shocked if we don't run it up on AM. They are weak, and Spencer Rattler is really dialed in. Their defensive, their, their pass defense is good. Now, sometimes your pass defense, like that was the case of Carolina last year, it's statistically up there because you're giving up so many rushing yards. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think they've got really good athletes on the back end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't make and like I said, mistakes, you know, Rattlers thrown picks this year, you know. You can kind of expect him to. Um, just can't do it too often. And and, and you know, you can't do it on your end of the field because that's gonna give them life, <clears throat> um, and get let them set them up to score. And then if you do it in their territory, that's ruining your chance to chances to score. So uh, it'd be great for Rattler to have one of those games, where he had four, tu- you know, four touchdowns, A couple touchdowns, no picks, fourteen for eighteen, something like that. Yeah. So, so that'd be good. Colin goes thirty one twenty seven Gamecocks. Doc says, "What have you done?" Jeter's been automatic. If he misses <laughs> it, it changes from dang Satterfield to dang JC. Yeah, man, I I, I put that voodoo on, on, on him. <laughs> I don't, you know, look.
3: I think it'll take a little more than a missed kick to get Dane Satterfield to jank. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. It's like all right, so, so how I say this? I'm I'm not superstitious at all. And I live with someone that is. Like I'm not allowed to talk about Notre Dame ever being good. Well, I think Notre Dame's got a chance to win today. Shut up. Well, what do you say?
3: Pretty easy this year.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I could just be negative <laughs> about it now. Uh, you know, it's, I, I get told to be quiet. Can't talk about the White Sox being good. Can't talk about the Bears having a chance to beat the Commanders because obviously that didn't happen. Uh, can't wait for that Bears game Monday night, by the way.
3: Oh, man, I'll tell you what. They are really just killing it on the primetime game. Year, aren't they? <laughs> I'm
2: like, wow, who decided this? <laughs> um, Burt goes, their red zone D is top five nationally. It is. So yep. you got to score points. You got to put points on the board. Uh, Doc says, we ring the bell, gene for a nice 40-yard touchdown or two. They haven't played an offense like Carolina's other than Bama without their QB1. I would disagree. Uh, you know, Miami's kind of a hit or miss. But Arkansas, good offense.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: with K- and, th- and that was before uh, KJ got hurt. So, again, they're opportunistic. And they are kind of a bend-but-don't-break outfit down there. Uh, but uh, I think it's important to make good decisions play-calling-wise in the red zone. I think it's good. It's important for the quarterback to make good decisions when there's a decision to be made. Um, and I think it's important to block <laughs> in the red zone uh, because Lloyd will get there, I mean, if you just open a hole for him. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian says, that's how I'm feeling. I don't know why. I just feel like everything comes together, a special environment with the fair and the backer.
3: It's kind of like what uh, Jamie Bradford was saying. It's just like it feels like it's time. And you can just sense that the confidence and the, you know, expectation is just as palpable right now. I mean, I want it so bad.
2: I ta- yeah, I, I talked <laughs> ta- a couple of contacts this week, too, within the program. And, um, yeah, yeah they, they're confident. They're confident. Now, they said you can't just show up. And expect to win, but they're confident. So mm-hmm. and uh, and all that. Uh, Doc says, "Yeah, best drunk food ever." Simple Simon. Because it's, it's simple and it's Simon. It's Simon. <laughs> so that's another story. So one night, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to you know I got hungry. Got the munchies. I guess that's best. It's best described to call it the munchies. And I'm like, uh, again, hanging out with uh, with. Uh, Phil's current wife, because um, we're all friends from way back, you know, that's one of the best things about this show is I get to hang out and talk to Phil every day,
4: Yeah, it's
2: uh, nice. you know, but, uh, so, so I'm trying to talk her into, because I can't drive, you know, I'm trying to talk her into driving as civil I'm like, look, it's simple, it's Simon's. <laughs> I don't think she bit on that. I think I ended up not being able to get a Simple Simon. It was one of those where she's like, look, you need to shut up. Stop asking me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Krager's betting app says Lloyd's at 61 yards rushing. I'm pounding the over.
3: Probably. Oh, yeah, I would too. Uh,
2: AJM2 says 61's a joke. 161 is more likely. If you look at the stats, yeah. yeah. Um, Jared says twenty-six twenty-three and feeling cocky. Uh, A.J.M. 2 says, 38-17, Cox. Yeah, he's he's fired up.
3: Yeah, man. Let's take it to him.
2: And he says, Shane has no soft spot for Jimbo. Uh Austin says, 28-27, Gamecocks. Bell catches a long touchdown pass for the win in two-minute drill. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that faith.
3: Yeah, I don't know if I've got uh, the I, faith I, for I, that game. I'm
2: going <laughs> to be less than confident if Gamecocks are down 27-21 late with two minutes to get the ball. Don't know why, but you know, like we said on this show and other shows, sometimes you got to pick what you've seen instead of what you hope. Uh, but hey, that'd be great. You know, everybody'd be kind of fired up about that. And you know, I'll say this uh, mentality wise, you know, the Gamecocks uh, roster, you know, they've been in the Vandy game last year. That you know, was bandy. Mm-hmm. I
3: don't yeah, know. But- because, See, I, you know, but, I just went in there and won that one for you, though. You know, yeah,
2: opportunistically, though. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't. I think the Gamecocks need to be somewhat comfortably ahead late. Now that that may be by a touchdown, you know, or a field goal or what. I, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, because a And M they're gonna they're gonna start to smell blood. And, you know, and, and, and this is a resourceful football team with a And I don't know that they're the most confident bunch out there. Um, You know, and I'm judging that kind of off their Mississippi State performance, sort of like, you know, man, they everybody's just talking about Jimbo's play call at the end of the Bama game, could have won it, you know, whatever. Uh, If you guys remember, too, you know, and this is another reason why the transitive property does not work in in football. Uh, You know, you you guys remember this. It's like, you know, Holtz and Spurrier, uh, when they were at South Carolina, even Muschamp. To a certain extent, you know, they they play a, a team that they were way, way not, not as good as. And, and, you know, it'd be close and they'd lose. That didn't always help them the next week, you know. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I seem to remember in uh, 2003, Gamecocks at the time had never beaten the Gators. Uh, Zook's second year. Uh, Holtz's bunch played their butts off. I mean, and lost 24 late. The next week, they played Clemson and lost 63-17. to Florida was probably that year, now not during that time period, because Clemson had gotten hot. Uh, that was the year everybody accused Bobby Bowden of throwing the game and saving Tommy's job. Oh. Uh, you, you know, but Florida's probably the better team top to bottom that year than Clemson. I mean, look at the different scores, so. Clint goes twenty three seventeen from Taylor, South Carolina. Will you be my neighbor? He says, "Like it,
3: yeah, that's right."
2: Um, You know, Doc says he's high. He keeps forgetting. He says it. You need to go (laughs) to Simple Silence, man. man. You need to get somebody to take you to Simple Uh, (laughs) Silence. Riley goes twenty four to ten. Cox in the seafood capital, the fresh seafood capital of South Carolina, McClellanville.
3: McClellanville.
2: You go get it right off the dock there, man. (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, also says he hopes it's not that close, but they're a young, talented team. Yeah, you know, like guys like uh, Evan Stewart, really good player. Moose Muhammad's a good player receiver-wise. Mm-hmm. They've got players. I mean, uh, a lot of defensive guys obviously are young but good. Yeah, well, uh, That's
3: what I think makes them dangerous too, JC, is like you can't give them anything because they are talented enough to turn that inch into a mile.
2: Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm opportunistic. They are, I mean mm-hmm. – and sometimes when you have a young team and they struggle to win, they can't move the ball, they're not necessarily opportunistic. They, they kind of mm-hmm. stumble and fumble and give up because they're young. They're young kids. Not this A&M team, though. They, 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 to their credit, they have not played well this year or up to their potential, not even close. But in, in, in the games they've won, uh, or the, the, the two since Sam Houston State, which is kind of a – I thought that game was closer than it should have been, but uh I mean 31 nothing. but you know, AM didn't exactly light up the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Miami game and the Arkansas game, those two wins, they got outgamed, outplayed, but they were opportunistic. And yep. the score was all that mattered at the end, you know. Uh Seth Seth said, well, what did it, Daddy O, 27-17 Cox posting from where the Midlands meet the low country. Where exactly is that? Where would you say yeah. that? Where
3: are you at, Daddy? Are you in about uh like the Harleyville, Holly Hill area, Daddy?
2: Oh, is that what maybe, we're looking at? Maybe toward maybe after 95 and 26. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh let us know. Seth says 3734 Gamecocks. we lean on our weapon kicker Jeter coming live from a UPS truck in Soda City.
3: There you go, man. <laughs>
2: get that get those packages out, brother. Uh don't come to my house, my dog. He doesn't like UPS, or he hates FedEx and he he can't, Amazon. will. I mean, I'm worried he's going to have a grabber, like a heart attack. Like a, mm-hmm. I don't know if dogs do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I know sometimes. I mean, he gets that upset. That upset. Nothing like golf carts. Rick says thanks, JC. Grew up in Goose Creek. Again, check out Rick's music. It's it's good. It's good stuff. Rick Young music. Check that out. Um. Xavier says about Mount Rainier, he's like, sometimes if you don't know better, you think the snow-capped Rainier is a cloud. Uh, Doc's not the only one smoking a, a little ganja today. It, it, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah, That's good, that's good Xavier. Good. I know you're out working, but uh, Bert says A&M's red zone D is top five nationally. We have to have some explosives. Yeah, and that's one thing this offense has gotten more of this year's explosive plays. It's when you look at Kentucky, it's a sample size of one because, uh, well, really Arkansas too, Phil. I mean, mm. you know, when Carolina had, you know, before garbage time, they weren't really like driving. I mean, they got good field position on the the first touchdown drive where they ran it. They didn't even throw a pass and scored a touchdown, which probably yeah. should tell you that they should have probably run it a little more. <laughs> um, but uh, Kentucky, it was a mostly just explosive place. I mean, the, Pass to Brooks, the, the pass to Wells, uh, the reverse uh, was set up by a 45 yard run by Marshawn Lloyd. Um, mm-hmm. So I I do think, Bert, that's a very big key for this game. So thanks yeah. for that. Chancy says getting Boogie back this week is a huge deal. He and Pickens need to have big games in the middle. I must say this I, I do think it is because I think you need to rotate. And I think when Tonka's been going out, they've been losing a little something. Um, You know, Nick Barrett's been playing some. He's been playing pretty solid. But, man, you have that, like, you can keep Boogie and Tonka fresh the whole game. And, you know, keep in mind Boogie's missed some time, so he may not be in great shape. But I think he can go in there and give you some plays. That is big, you know, especially when you're talking about an offensive line. Again, it's going to be banged up with some new faces. You start getting penetration. It's going to be a lot easier for Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson, hopefully, I say hopefully there, the safeties, whoever's mm-hmm. tackling somebody to go in there and clean up.
3: Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, because they so, like the inside zone play too. So they're gonna um, try to run the middle. Mm-hmm. They
2: will zone you, they will zone you quite a bit. They will zone you quite a bit. Sodder says he has boogie comes back angry. My understanding is he is. Uh Boogie Pickens mm-hmm. Birch Tonka SC boys need to shine this weekend against that That's A&M. Right. I agree. Sean says, I played football for Lawrence. Burns always kicked the S out of us, class of 92. So you're a little older than me. I was class of 95. Uh, At Dr. Hill, though, middle school, Mm -hmm. where I had my athletic glory, um, we always scrimmaged Lawrence, uh, the junior high. They were the Tigers. Their uniforms look like Clemson, except they have white helmets. But the Lawrence Raiders were once a very, very tough out for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I don't know how things have changed in the state or, or not, but that's it. Uh, lady says I'm going 34-17. It sounds crazy, but their strengths on D are their weakness, and their offense doesn't really have a strength except perimeter runs. And we've been strong against that. I feel. Yeah, Carolina's done all right. Yeah. Uh, AJM says, "Why did you chuck Billy Hicks, JC? Should have let him stay and owned him." Uh, because uh, I just I'm not feeling that today. I'm not feeling it today. Now, hey, look. One up some other time, perhaps, but, but not today. Today is the day before a game. It's Friday. It's a beautiful day where I'm at, by the way. I was worried we had seen the last of summer. So it's to be 77 and sunny.
3: Oh, hey, you're beating us. It's going to be nice and chilly today down here, but still beautiful nonetheless.
2: Exactly. Beautiful South Carolina. It's never, there's never not beautiful down there. No, that's right. It, it's funny because, like, you, uh, you know, getting married or whatever, I called. Adelaide State Park or Huntington to Beach State Park to see it to inquire about a vid, uh, Castle as a possible venue which I think probably would be a good venue now we we could not find a venue so we're gonna put it off till next summer summer 2024 um, but they always answer the phone to any kind of state government it's a great day in South Carolina.
3: We're having a great day.
2: <laughs> We're having a great day in South Carolina, and I'm like, I almost cried. I was like, oh, so much. I miss that. i <laughs> saying that up here. They're just like, what do you want? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bears. Bears. <laughs> Beef sandwich. Nothing wow. What do you want? <laughs> anyway, uh, my, my bad. Seventy six Gamecocks. Twenty four twenty Gamecocks. 76 is a strong poster on the Big Spur, by the way. Shout out. I'm giving all kinds of shout outs today. Chansey mm-hmm. says, the number one concern of their offense is a chain. I don't think we can stop him, but we can hold him to a quiet 100 yards, limit his explosive runs. Now, he hadn't put up Chris Rodriguez numbers, man. I'm, I'm, you know, the rushing numbers for A&M are interesting. App held them to 83 on the ground, App State. Uh, they only had 124 rushing total against Miami. 136 against Mississippi State. They got outrushed. 70 against Alabama. Phil, can you look up how many uh, rushing yards Tennessee had against Alabama? Oh, Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to use the transit property. Mm-hmm. Lady Bree uh, clarifies, our strengths are their weakness. Yeah. Carolina, yeah, yeah. Well, what can Carolina do on offense? They Well, they, you know, against certain teams, they're able to line up and run it with Lloyd and open up quick passes and things like that. And then, you know, Carolina, probably the best, you know, it, it may be the second. We, we may look back on this year and go, well, the secondary was really, really salty. But I think right now you have to say Carolina's defense is so much better when, they're, when Carolina's defensive line is uh, what I like to call Eaton let them eat, let
3: them eat. Yep, and Alabama gave up uh, 84 and a half yards on the ground to
2: Tennessee. See. So, there, that's, so that's that Bama run defense, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how many How many yards they give up passing? A million?
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, might as well have been 307. <laughs> 307. Here, the, the most glaringly obvious number was five turnovers. Mm. <laughs> Kept yeah, so I, I don't
2: know. Carolina's turned it over a bunch, but Bama's got nine turnovers the last two games. And has missed
3: how many field goals? Oh, I know, yeah. Well, the inconsistency, yeah. I think, in a ms run game is entirely indicative of an offensive line that has just been patchwork, you know, not solid, can't gel because you keep running new guys in and out of there. And that's one of the weaknesses that you're going to have to exploit on yeah. tomorrow. I mean, if you can't take advantage of that, we're going to have a long day.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough. And I'll tell you this, South Carolina – since Ja'Kai Moore has gotten and Dylan Wanham's come back and gotten healthy and stuff like that, you know they've got a kind of a nice four-man rotation going to tackle now. I think the interior is playing better. That Carolina offensive line's gelled to a certain extent. Now, are they super duper? No, but are they are they awful? Like it seemed like they could be. No, no they're not. They're opening holes, that kind of thing. Chancey's is only on perimeter runs. They struggle running in the middle, and that's been our biggest weakness, defending the run. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Jordan Birch has to set the edge. Gilbert Edmond has to set the edge. The safeties and corners for South Carolina have to tackle. Uh, Gamecocks are not good uh, in terms of avoiding missed tackles. I think um, somebody had a stat, SEC stat cat, or somebody gamecocks are 13th in the league in missed tackles. So can't miss tackles. If you miss a chain or Stewart or a lot of these guys,
3: yeah, I, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, you know, this penetration is good. Meredith, there he is. There she is. Happy Hi, of the episode. Checking in for Mount Vintage practice round.
3: Nice. Yep. Good luck to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Looks good. Uh, 76 has "Missed the beginning of the show. Who got booted? A Clemson troll." Yeah. One uh, of those anonymous Clemson Twitter accounts. Uh, so that's it. Chancey says, Green, Sherrod Green, Brad Johnson have to tackle well this weekend. Same with the freshman safeties. I actually think, honestly, I, th- I think Green tackled pretty well. Brad, when he gets there, he tackles well. Sometimes he gets out of position. But uh, I think Brad Johnson on passing downs, you know, look out. Look out for him a little bit there. Um, but Iman Worry and Smith, man, have tackled. We've seen some pretty terrible uh, tackles. Our tackling efforts out of the safety position, uh, Phil, for the last four or five years. You know Foster. That's one of the things he was good at last year. Was he come up and tackle Davani? Really mm-hmm. Tackle, uh, and I think those two freshmen tackle better than a lot of true freshmen. You know, oh,
3: yeah, for sure.
2: I mm-hmm.
3: mean, so, what I like is you usually, you know, I mean, you can see them right on the ball on running plays. You know, within at the line or within a yard or two of the line of scrimmage, if that's what they're if they're defending the run, they're there.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. hjm um, 2 says they have great athletes, uh, but there's more to football than athleticism. They haven't faced a quarterback like Spencer. Let me try to think. Arm talent-wise, Van Dyke from Miami is probably not Mm-mm. an apt comparison. And Alabama, of course, did not have Bryce yeah, Young.
3: they avoided Bryce Young, yeah. Uh,
2: DB says justice for Billy Hicks, bring him back in and embrace debate. No. <laughs> he doesn't debate.
3: Yeah, that's not debate. <laughs>
2: he sits there and talks smack. and gets personal and mm-hmm. attacks people. He's a psychopath. I'm not debating. You go debate Jeffrey Dahmer or Charles Manson. How about that? Or go back in time and do it. Those those two are both deed. Yeah, that, that, that that's the kind of psychoticness. I, I just don't, you know, I don't. Why? Why would I debate debate him about what? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a clown. <laughs> Uh 76 says 2420. Game Cox baby. Zach says hopefully during the game they keep showing that stat that we have never beaten AM. So you know we are gonna win. Doc says Notre Dame's a mess this year. For sure. Maybe not the best hire.
3: Oh, you don't think so? You think that same
2: that's team, bad. same team, same players. Everybody hates Brian Kelly. You know, he leaves like a thief in the night. Marcus Freeman, uh even as a D coordinator, man, that was his first year. Uh, he was kind yeah. of the guy that worked for the guy at Cincinnati. I just, I thought, man, that's a that's a lofty deal to hand him the keys to the Notre Dame job. Mm-hmm. And uh, and look, man, they've lost to two horrible teams. And, and, you know, they, they lost to Stanford and lost to, I mean, Mar- Marshall's not.
3: Marshall, yeah.
2: I, mean, I wouldn't say they're horrible, but Mar- it's, it's like, you know, Marshall goes up there and wins in South Bend. You're like, they're going to win the Sun Belt. No, no, <laughs> no, not else. Louisiana at home the other day, transitive property, right? Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, I agree with DB that guy's a clown JC would destroy him but it would be fun for all of us to watch I know but that, that's not what the show's about today
3: We're not, yeah we don't, don't want to you know, don't want to be so aggressive
2: is that good they did that again Alabama Tennessee about the 15 game streak and I knew like after the sixth time they showed it Tennessee was going to win
4: <laughs>
2: yeah superstition uh but yeah I was th- saying I'm not superstitious I wore the same shirt to the game in Lexington this year that I wore the game in Columbia last year against Kentucky, <laughs> which, was a, which was an ugly loss. It was a game
3: loss, game. yeah. That's right. I should have had.
2: But I wore the same shirt. I don't believe in superstition. Uh, 76 seventy don't hate on my Chicago Bears just because we suck. Hey, they're mine too. I've inherited these guys. I didn't ask for this.
3: <laughs> I didn't ask for any of this. I didn't <laughs> ask for any of this. <laughs>
2: I move up here in 2019, they were coming off a playoff berth where they, remember they lost the playoff game because that kid from Florida, the kicker, missed the field goal. The oh, yeah,
3: that's right. <laughs>
2: so everybody's like Matt Nagy, and I took one look at Matt Nagy's offense, and I prayed to the good Lord that one day, you know, South Carolina would not have that type of offense, and unfortunately, I, mean, I kind of do. But, um, you know, so so I was all like getting rid of Nagy. And dang it if they, they didn't go like get a new guy that runs the same kind of stuff Nagy does. And they draft poor Justin Fields, and then they're like, all right, we're gonna go bargain basement, dumpster fire at receiver. You know, we're not gonna get any good receivers. They got two good running backs that run hard. They 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 let some free agents go on the offensive line. Uh amazingly, they're still good on defense, which is just a fact. Every year Bears good on defense, they're good on
4: defense. Yeah.
2: Beef sandwich. Yeah, but John, if you
3: take Roquan Smith out of that, they're done.
2: And he, <laughs> but it's, he's one out on here.
3: Guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, John says, got to force King to beat us because I don't think he has it in him. Yeah, with his arm, not his legs. Mm-hmm. Don't let him start to run either. That's another kind of secondary point. Don't let him get after you. Um, Joel says, does Satterfield know Jaheim Bell is available for this game? That's a good question. A good question. Uh,
3: nobody asked him that Uh <laughs> at his press conference, so my man realized one
2: that. more prediction in from J Rock. The offense has its breakout day in game, defense makes a statement. Gamecocks go off from a sold out Willie B 35 14 Carolina. All right, mm-hmm. keep those predictions going. We got to get the Wando, so we got to take a break. Uh, he's
3: actually uh, he's gonna uh, 12 30, 12 Got it. Oh, re- oh,
2: re- oh re- we got we got <laughs> okay. That's cool. He's got to get his mic set up, right? Yes, all right, so. All right, so since Wando's uh, 1230, what we're going to do, we're going to come back. I'm going to get in the mailbag a little bit. Keep reading your predictions on the chat box. we got some stuff on Twitter, too, some predictions coming in from all over the United States. Um, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Sirfoss is your go-to person. Sear Voss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina. Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. hard Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email Sirfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Searfoss of Caldwell, Baker King.
0: Gamecocks.
2: Hey. Uh, I don't hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
0: Yes, he takes forever to call
3: me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
2: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 1001 is Matt's contact number.
3: Yeah, man. I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
2: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843 699 1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Game Cox, the show.
1: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Guy pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah.
3: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting NanasPorch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good Southern cuisine, based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas.
4: This is Br- this is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks,
2: the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox.
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody.
3: Inside the Gamecocks, the show with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax. The second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at aburgesson at remax.net. That's B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net. You know, J.C., I don't know how I feel about this game. I mean, I know how I feel. about it. Like, I want to I feel confident. I want to feel, you know, but kind of like you, I was thinking about scores. Like, I, I kind of locked mine in on Wednesday and how I think it's going to go. So, as we're throwing out predictions, I'm officially going with 25-17 Gamecocks.
2: 25? Are you thinking they're going to throw the two-point play in there? I think there's a like two-point
3: there. Yep, yep. I think there's a two-point play. a uh trying to drive at the end of the game and uh, ends up with an interception. Kind of ends like Kentucky did last week.
2: Nice. All right. Phil's locked it in. I went 28-19 Gamecocks on Spurs Up show yesterday. I just decided to do it. I'm not going (laughs) to overthink it. Lance says, I know you talk recruiting, but who are we in for at wide receiver that you have a legit chance with? I would say the Portal. Uh, I would also say there's some names that could pop up, but I would say I think i did the transfer portal again for the portal. Joseph says, I'm going 23-15 wacky win for the Gamecocks. Uh, Chancey says, remember A&M has had a bye week too. They've been hearing nothing but criticism for two weeks. I anticipate them coming out throwing haymakers. Well, you know,
3: I, agree. I hope so, because, I mean, if they're doing that, they're desperate. They're going to be pressing.
2: Yeah, They <laughs> haven't thrown very many haymakers all year. Yeah, we think Carolina starts slow on offense. You look, A&M punt, 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 punt. Tiffany says it wouldn't shock me to beat A&M in Missouri than lose to Vandy. Let's hope not, Tiffany. Oh
3: no! Don't put that out into the but, universe, Tiffany. No, take that back.
2: <laughs> I, I, I've been worried about that myself. I'm like
1: mm-hmm. just
2: about just the, the game being close last year. It's in Nashville. It's it's you know, you know, you've got so much motivation if you're South Carolina for A and M and Missouri. And then you go to Vandy. It's a team you've beaten like 15 years in a row.
3: I'd feel more worried about that if Vandy beat Missouri tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, don't don't let them get a sniff of any success, you know?
2: <laughs> John goes, he makes a good point here. So many of these games seem to come down to which team has the most to play for. I think a ms already had the air out of the balloon, whereas we have so much in front of us with this win. Yeah, yeah, Carolina, you know, when you're the Gamecocks. Okay, so you, technically they're still in the East race. It would take some craziness to happen to get in that three-way tie, right? Mm. Uh, or something or georgia would have to lose to Tennessee and whoever if florida if florida beat georgia maybe start thinking about but uh georgia has well georgia's got to go to mississippi state don't they
3: oh that uh yeah so they yeah yeah i think it is
2: uh, so they uh, to to, but still, they would still get the tiebreaker though well no, carolina would only have one division one is it Very fascinating because yeah. well, if, yeah, if you got if you know, so Eric, say say Tennessee, Carolina, uh, Georgia all finish six and two, and Tennessee would have who's Tennessee gonna lose to though? Besides, see, they would have to beat Georgia, be
3: like Georgia, and South Carolina, which would put them out,
2: and, and then they, yeah, but okay, so so who's Tennessee gonna lose to? They, they didn't lose to Bama, so. They've got who? They got Tennessee Martin this weekend, which is a joke. Yeah. That's uh, not- it was 70 to nothing. But uh mm-hmm. uh so they they still have to oh Kentucky.
3: Oh yeah, they got they yeah, because yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tennessee so, Martin, Kentucky, and then Georgia is there. Yeah, so there. Kentucky
2: mm-hmm. and Georgia catch them in the spider web. But see, you want a three-way tie because Georgia and Carolina head to head would be six and two. Mm-hmm. So so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd have to get into that. But but anyway, you know, Carolina also Uh, Won seven games last year and went to the Mayo Bowl. I mean, you know, get to the Gator Bowl or, dare I say, the Citrus Bowl or maybe even a New Year's Six. So if you you get really good, yeah, you got a lot to play for. Plus, you got top 15 recruiting class, you're killing it. Uh, Nat chimes in. Mm Doc Graber, you know, JC's to blame for that, the Notre Dame uh, disaster. He's also to blame for the White Sox making it to the World Series either.
3: all your fault. It's
2: all lady, your fault. Lady Lady says uh he's t- she's talking about the transfer portal and receivers, um, quarterback room, all that. D B goes seventeen, thirteen Aggie. So it's kind of funny the one person that predicts AM is also the person that wants Billy Hicks to come back. This is true. I'm, I'm not ready to hammer yet, but yeah, it's kind of, you
3: know, we Let's of keep control. an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. <laughs> but we I think we got a, uh, an Aggie prediction in the uh, I Help Consulting mailbag on Twitter. Oh, I was looking at.
2: Yeah. Read that.
3: Let's see. Where'd we go here? Oh, I just lost it. Darn it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, here it is. Satterfield has gotten overconfident since beating UK. Look to see Bell and Joiner out of the Wildcats, surprising no one 27 13 AM. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I will, my head will explode. <laughs>
2: You'll be able to
3: hear me lamenting that. From Everybody's the, the, the head economy.
2: will explode. <laughs> If that happens. Wildcat with Bell and Joiner. yeah,
3: And Xavier officially put his 2824 AM uh in from uh Wenatchee, Washington on Wenatchee. the I help consulting mailbag.
2: Wenatchee. Yeah, oh, that's cursed light. He always does stuff like that. <laughs> so, uh he predicts like cray, yeah. So it's all good. So Wenatchee. Isn't that the name of the gunner from Pulp Fiction? With uh, what, what's his name's monologue? Christopher Walken, a gunner named Wenatchee. No, it's Wenatchee.
3: Wenatchee. Yeah, Wenatchee. Yeah. A <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, hunter from the passenger seat. Passenger seat on I twenty six says twenty to ten. Gamecocks. Uh, Lance. <laughs> Lance is ninety to nothing.
3: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Uh 990, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chip
2: from Tampa is not as uh, not as confident. He says, hard fault game, afraid the Gamecocks fall on a late Aggie field goal, 31 28. It'd be surprising if both those teams, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of did that. Uh, Brian from Greenwood going 27 17 game, Cox. Talk to a source just now, by the way, during the break. <laughs> not going to tell you guys who exactly it was, but. Knows some SEC football, and uh, we were talking about the game. and um, he, he reiterated to me that AM's offensive line's a dumpster fire. So, Nick from Barnwell well, said 24-20 game. <laughs> yeah, he would probably know.
3: He would know what that looks like.
2: Heath from Kernsville, North Carolina says 24-17 game cut. Uh, trying to get all the mailbag questions. Yeah, uh, Tom, Tommy from Raleigh, forty-eight, forty-seven, Carolina. Are we talking basketball?
3: <laughs>
2: so, I like it though, team. Way to go! <laughs> oh, there's a okay. So anyway, so that's all that. That's the deal there. So predictions coming in from all over the United States, the state, the great state of South Carolina, all this good stuff. Tiffany goes. How do we overcome Marcus Satterfield? It's like he forgets players, forgets you can throw the ball in the middle of the field, forgets to throw the ball down the field. He just forgets. Look, it it is like Jamie. I'm taking the Jamie Bradford approach to the subject. Yeah, it is what it is. But from talking to some people, some contacts close to the program that, that agree with me completely and agree with you, Tiffany, and everything else, they're like that it needs to be something needs to be done it needs to be fixed and one way or the other uh, but there's no reason why Carolina can't win the next four games even with what's going on offense so just like they did at Kentucky uh, and i think the, the 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 point there is they're going to you know that they feel like their defensive line and defense will be really good against the next four teams that aren't you know, juggernauts on offense or anything, and that, you know, you can get enough big plays uh, and enough run game to overcome it. Now, I haven't looked at Missouri. Uh, I know they played they played better defense this year and they've had some heartbreaking losses. Uh, Vandy scares me because Vandy could score. Uh, Florida, I, I think, has been very average, but I mean, the Gators are, you want to talk about a team with their back against the wall when Carolina plays Florida. Check this out. Uh, Florida's on a bye week this week. They play Georgia. <laughs> yeah,
3: we got the cocktail party next cocktail week. So, party. Uh,
2: and then they have to go to A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida's sitting at four and three. Four out of their last five are on the road. South Carolina's the only home game they have left. Uh, Georgia, of course, is neutral site, by the way. But they only have one more game left this whole season at the Swamp, man. And that's yep. against the Gamecocks. So that's that's going to be one of those things where you're going to face a, a either a team that's already kind of mailed it in, as the Gators do, <laughs> or that'll be a team that'll be really fired up to beat the Gamecocks. So we'll see kind of what happens there. Um, so uh, R, uh, R no. this, this is very funny. No. I'm not going to talk about it. On I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> but uh, – Probably hard to bring down, and, and also hard to.
3: Don't even don't <laughs>
2: hard to get a grip on, or or, or, or he's hard to get your hands on. I don't know. How do you say that?
3: I'm not even going to try because uh, oh, yeah. I know I would, yeah. I'm not, we're not doing the I would go over the edge. He
2: can't <laughs> all right. says A&M's roster is the second or third best we face this year. That's what makes them scary. It hasn't happened yet, but if they're four or five star players play to their ranking, we could be in trouble, but that doesn't happen in like real football. You know, yeah. football is de- like a gradual developmental process. You know, it, it's not like, Okay, so basketball, like Kentucky will go through a year with some young players, and then they may finish, what, 18 and 12. Uh, they sneak in as an eight seed, but then their talent kind of clicks uh, and takes over because those are just really good players. Well, basketball, your your young, great players are, you know, the same. I mean, you know, you, you can step on but football, you just – it's just not going to happen now. Could the D-line – play their assignments better this week after the open day because they simplified some things? Absolutely. But, you know, look, man, all those five, it doesn't matter. You know, South Carolina's got five stars. South Carolina's got future NFL players. They don't have as many probably as A&M top to bottom. Uh, but, but Carolina's got an older football team. Um, they have the advantage, I think, on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, which I never thought I'd say that because last year obviously they didn't have an advantage on either one, <laughs> you know. But uh, I just I just thought Chansey, I just I I do I do not believe in living in fear of recruiting classes on paper when they're this young. Uh, and Lady Bree says they're riddled with injuries. DB says St. Matthews is where the Midlands meet the meets the Low Country. St. Matthews, so that's what we're calling it. What about Orangeburg? I mean, Orangeburg's right up more down the road. I don't know. Uh, yep.
3: Yeah. Calhoun County might be a little early before you. I don't know.
2: I, mean, yeah, do I don't know. know. That's, that's a great question. We're, we're going to have a poll question this summer about it. That right, uh, yeah. goes purple and orange on the FedEx drives dogs crazy. Uh, lady says, Wow. And here I was thinking you were much older than me, JC, only six years. I think it's I look at these days, right? <laughs> I haven't gotten great. Look, it's coming in dark, Phil. It's not that Yeah, bad. man, you're looking good. Dark, a little salt and pepper on the beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, DB played it <laughs> easily, and Lawrence was always big, dumb, and strong. <laughs> I played him in middle school. They were fast. They had a lot of athletes. 76 is uh, like us over AM. We should go into Willie Be Hungry and leave full with a win. Yes, sir. 76, appreciate the shout-out. Tiffany says, I hope you're right, 76. Listening today to get hope. There's always <laughs> hope, Tiffany. There's always hope. Joey says, it's in Gaffney, South Carolina, this morning. Lawrence won the 4A state championship in 91. Go Raiders. Cocky Gaming, he always brings the Cocktober strong law. Yes, yeah, Cocktober, That's baby. That's right. Um, highlight of the weekend will be totally normal and well-adjusted Aggie yell leaders, not creepy at all. <laughs> And they're gonna be at the State House tonight, right? Statehouse. Midnight yell practice, at the in the State House, State South Carolina. They,
3: Under the shadow of John C. Yeah. Calhoun. Let's go.
2: Yeah, yeah. You remember before the App game when they were talking about the Appalachians? They don't even know where it is, and it's a hillbilly yeah. score or something. You
3: can't even and, use a map,
2: you can't even use and then and then they get in there and, and, and then they beat them. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. it is. Um, keeping it going. Craig says, just opened my package. Thanks, my man. Thank you. Uh, Zach says, we're towards the bottom of the SEC in total defense. Yeah, Zach, that's true. But look, man, didn't give up a lot of yards and points against Georgia State. Had a bad half against Charlotte. One drive when SEC State put their backup quarterback in, they caught him off guard. Kentucky went nowhere. You know, really against them. So, nowhere. You know, I mean, they had one drive in the first half, busted assignment for the touchdown. Second half, they went nowhere. So, I'm not worried about stats on that. Total defense right now. Uh, Doc says mid-60s, last to look at the stats page, 77th on offense. John goes, go Bears. 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 Um, Jared says was the Marcus Freeman hire on the same level as when West Virginia hired Stewart. Seemed like the same kind of emotional Mm -hmm. hire. It was emotional Mm -hmm. hire, but here's the difference. Stewart won the Fiesta Bowl, and Nat still hasn't forgiven me for Notre Dame blowing that lead against Oklahoma State and and come after me, I'm a man, uh, in the Fiesta Bowl last year. We were sitting there watching. I was in here watching an SEC game. She is in there. Notre Dame's up like by three touchdowns. I'm like, ah, they're going to win. Well, they lost. Oh, and I've gosh. never heard the end of it. She would not even talk about college football for a month. Uh, Nathan says, how have you convinced yourself not to be superstitious? Because I live with the most superstitious person on Um, 43 in total D, 354.3 yards per game. That's sixth in the SEC. Seventh, that's the middle of the pack. It's not bad. Tiffany asked if Notre Dame could open this year. I think, I don't think you fire the guy after one
3: year. No, you can't do that. That's, that sends the wrong message. <laughs>
2: Uh, twisted chicken, JC block trolls like Carolina blocking punts. Boom. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, JC. Not mean, Uh, Zach said that in two or three sec games are going up 40 plus points. Why, why are we still talking about this? Uh, I mean, look, yeah, they played Arkansas when they were red hot. They played Georgia when they were red hot. Uh, if, if the team and the players and coaches, uh, dwell on those games all year they're not gonna win another damn game.
3: yeah it's it's that those were weeks two and three respectively do you not think the team would improve over the next four to five weeks?
2: Yeah, you're either going fat. I mean you're either improving or you're not so I, I don't I don't care about what happened uh, against uh, Arkansas um, and um, Georgia uh, as it relates to you know this game, Uh, Look, if A&M had one of the best offensive lines in the league, uh, like those two schools do, I'd probably pick the Aggies, just to be honest. But, you know, when when you're struggling up front, as we all know around here, we've seen this a lot. When you struggle up front in this league, your your chances of winning, and you don't have to be perfect, I mean, because you're going to get beat up front. But if you're very leaky up front, you can't get plays off. Guys are coming through free. I mean, it's really hard to get anything going.
3: And Georgia, I mean, you're playing without two people for the first game that you were really counting on to stand up big for you all year.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
3: and Strong. Yeah.
2: J-Rock says, can't wait for kickoff tomorrow. No better way than to break in my new home, than enjoying hosting a big game Cox win with family and friends." Yeah, congratulations again on that house, J-Rock. That's we're great. super proud of you here. Craig uh, says, it's going to be hard to wait till 7 o'clock or so to start drinking. Are you talking tomorrow or today? Yes. I don't know how much I wait. J-Rock <laughs> says, don't worry, J.C., we're beating Vandy. I'm nervous about that one, man. My man, Jan, comes in the chat box, 26-24 nice Nice. Um, Nat comes back. I love how JC <laughs> just glosses over the White Sox thing. So here's what I said. Okay, so the White Sox are in the playoffs last year. And I'm a Braves fan, but also a White – you know, I pull for the White Sox. You know, I like uh, some of their young talent and all that. So they get in the playoffs last year, and before they start, the, the bar we go to has a White Sox flag flying outside. And I took a little video, put it on Instagram, said, uh, love the White Sox. They're going to win the World Series this year unless the Braves do. Well, who won the World Series? Mm-hmm. The Braves. Uh, White Sox got punted by the Astros. And so um, she's never forgiven me for that. Zach says, who is A&M's backup running back? I have no idea.
3: I don't either. I don't know.
2: Uh, DB says, please don't ban me. I won't be on my best behavior. Just behave. Um, Jan says, surprisingly, A&M came into town overnight last night. Three champion buses at the Marriott downtown. I saw them drive to work this morning around 6.30 a.m. Are you sure that's not their Yale leaders? How many do they have? hundred? That's
3: that's all Yale practice, right? Yeah.
2: Uh, Joel says, you and Nat need to go to the Vandy game. That's actually a – it's not a bad drive from here. It's probably seven hours to Nashville. Uh, and have a big – big spur gathering before and after the game. Yeah. Joel, I, I know what you're getting at about the Pittsburgh Gathering. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Coach O to South Bend. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I always believed in Mary, Mother of God. Hail Mary, Mother of God.
3: Mary, Mother Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah. I'm down from St. Lollapousas, Louisiana. All over the day. Lou Holtz, Coach Tim. We all go, go. We'll go Irish. Go out when I was a Southern cow, I didn't like Notre Dame too much, but now I like him a lot because I'm the head coach and just want to go Irish. Can you imagine him at Notre Dame? Huh.
3: You thought Brian Kelly was a bad fit at LSU? <laughs> <in,
2: okay. laughs>
3: <Try> putting Coacho <laughs> <in>. and
2: <laughs> Coacho got the best job so he possibly could get. <laughs> okay, sometimes guys never get that job, right? Right. Yeah. Like I always hoped, Roy Williams would finally get North. Finally, say, look, man, you're from North Carolina. You went to North Carolina. You love North Carolina. You're at Kansas. Yeah, nice job, but go to North Carolina, man. I mean, Dean Smith went to Kansas and uh to North Carolina, and you need to go home, Roy, you know. It's too cold out there for you. You know you like to play guys. So I always hoped that he would take it, uh, and he did. So I'm always hoping guys can get po- the best possible job they can get, like Steve Spurrier, I don't think anybody would question. Best job he could get uh, was Florida. And look what he did. it's his alma mater, whatever. It makes sense. um You know, so Coach O – Got the best job he could get because he's from Louisiana. He's a Cajun, he's from down there on the bayou, uh, LSU, grew up loving LSU, Go Tigers, Joe Burrow. And he had one magical year, and then I think he completely mailed it in. <laughs> you know, we, everybody talks about Spurs Spur and Holtz mailing it in when they got older. Coach O so decided at 58, he was like, oh, no, no, no. Well, I don't care if we go six and so I already won a national championship. And then, you know, they gave him 17 million to walk away. He's like, you know, and then he has the famous quote, well, what door do you want me to go out of? What time do you want me to leave?
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gold tiger, goal Tigers. But uh Joel Burrow, you know, and uh, you know, he's obviously got him a girlfriend now, uh, who's very Nice looking by the way. Uh, and they hang out in Destin all the time. He does a little media here and there and he's counting his money, you know, so I, I'm happy for coach. O. I mean, had he not won the national championship, you sort of feel like, well, in over his head or whatever, but he won one and they got better. They actually LSU, when he took over, they, they lost at home to Troy one, one weekend. Um, but they got better and better. You know, they got Burrow in there. They had the one year with Brady in the offense and Emsminger and, and all that. And I think, uh, you know, LSU is a program that when their talent levels up and they're coached properly, they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, Brian Kelly's just kind of got to rebuild a little bit. Mm-hmm. DB gets Brian Kelly and his family. Yeah. Uh, 76 says JC's impressionations are a huge success. I don't know. Some yeah, of them are good. Hold on. My voice has dropped a little bit so I've gotten older. Uh, oh, I uh, just like Coach O. He and, uh, and you know, I met Coach O one time. Uh, rivals.com. We went over there and met with he was He's an old miss. And uh, actually, when you talk to him about recruiting and football and everything else, mm-hmm. uh, most intelligent people I've ever met. I mean, he just breaks it down. He's got a thick that well, it's just an Old Miss right here. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to target right here. Then we will get these guys right here. And then we're going to be good on defensive line. And, then you know, he just keeps going on. And he's one of the best defensive line coaches in the country mm-hmm. uh, by a mile. I don't know that he'll ever get back into coaching. I wouldn't if I were him. But, you know, uh, that that's kind of the deal. Uh, but, yeah, maybe, says, are there any other coaches you can think of who just reached the peak of what they could possibly achieve and lost motivation and mailed it in? Um, and V.J. mentions Gene Chizik, and anyone with the right players could do it. And that's – I don't think Gene mailed it in, though. I think he just wasn't very good. <laughs> was head Once
3: head, the everything. players were gone, yeah, he was
2: good. <laughs> yeah. and, and Gus Malzahn leaves, and you're, you're hired Scott Loeffler, and That's just a disaster. Um, you, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think older coaches at times lose motivation. I think sometimes coaches, too, who are very good – um, who make the mistake, and, and this may be why you saw Brian Kelly leave and Lincoln Riley leave and Mario Cristobal leave yeah. mm-hmm. See, before last year. It's just so rare to uh, for a guy to leave one Power Five for the other. Um, I think maybe moving forward, coaches are going to think about that more because I mean, look at Gary Patterson. By the way, for for by the way, Gary Patterson did so well at LSU; he could have gone or sorry TCU. He could have gone any. He could have written his ticket for a number of jobs that were open, but always wanted to stay at TCU. He was making good money. He had a private jet that he could access to. Uh, it was all good. Well, guess what happens? You get a, a, a hot shot AD in there, and look, it looks like it's paying off because Sonny Dykes is winning big there right now. You get a hot shot right. AD in there that wants to do his own thing, and you're fired. And, and it's just right around the corner. I mean, you know, you, you're, you don't have to be too far, also. You know, I I think some coaches get caught up in that kind of like Gary Patterson. You know, and and I hope to God Gary Patterson's days of coaching are not over because I think he's a great coach. But um, you know, think about he could have had the job at his alma mater, Kansas State. It was actually reported he was going, stayed at TCU, ended up getting fired. All right, Mm -hmm. do we have Wando? He,
3: he's in there. He's in there. At, le- at least we'll be able to hear him at this point. I think he might be in the car, so we'll have to we'll, we'll figure it out. But easier. here.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, Michael Flint, we're all caught up on the chat box. I'll have, uh, you know, just to, to let you know, uh, Tristan sends me a stat. This is Carolina's 64th at 2.33 points per drive. Top five in the country, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Tennessee, Bama. Uh, he says we should be top 25 with the talent we have. We're just inconsistent. That's true. Um, But, you know, what you want to do is build off the second half the other guy. That's kind of, you know, teams go in trends. And if you can do what you did the second half against Kentucky for the rest of the season, Gamecocks are going to win a lot of games. We'll be back after these messages. Michael Flint to wrap up this week of Inside the Gamecocks' show.
0: Gamecocks.
2: Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter at Mer Taylor, at M E R T A Y L O R, or go to mckellarenterprises.org. Mckellar spelled M C K E L L A R enterprises.org. Her email is on the website so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services.
1: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
2: Hey, folks. Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah.
3: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas.
2: Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
3: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
2: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly.
3: Oh, I feel that man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy, Matthew Odom today from heritage digital. Heritage digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California.
2: Yeah. I heard that monthly fees low too. So I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number?
3: Yeah, man. I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
2: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. And, and time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my
3: man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Let's see. Second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call for your commercial real estate needs uh, or send them an email at aburgesson, that's B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, at remax.net. We are joined now by Michael Flint on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, and uh Mike, how you doing? I think you were in the car when I saw you loading up earlier. Safe, safe travels, man.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all good, man. You know, it's, uh, that time of the year, parent teacher conferences at school. So, <laughs> oh, man,
3: I feel you. I got car line uh, in about half an hour after we wrap up here, so I understand completely. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, so, uh, I'm going to read a couple of predictions real quick, just to catch up on these. Sean from LA, 1913 Gamecocks. Kyle from Spartanburg, 2717 Gamecocks. Steve from Sawhni, Georgia. Thirty-eight, thirty-five Gamecocks, uh, Soda City. I, Soda City, check it. I've got your uh, email here, in the in the I help hold mailbag. holding um, mail I'm not. I don't. I don't care about comparing rushing totals. Uh, App State versus uh, against Georgia State versus Carolina. Opening game. I think we all know the run game didn't play well. The blocking was suspect on the perimeter and everywhere else. Uh, and certainly not worried about what App did. Uh, against them this week. I mean, teams change. So I'm, I, I don't, you know, I, I I understand the criticism of the offense and offensive coordinator. I believe you. I'm right there with you. But some folks, some of you folks out there just sitting there trying to go back in time, uh, and, and this is a different football team now. You know, uh, it, it's not the same team that played Georgia State or Arkansas or Georgia, and the competition's different. So anyway – Flint, you agree with me there? This isn't the same team that we saw back in uh, early September?
4: No, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on that, JC. I think from a from an offensive standpoint, I think we've done a lot. We're doing a lot more a lot different up front. Um I think, you know, last game looked like, you know, d- utilizing a lot more of that inside zone run rather than that, you know, that that wide zone or stretch zone. Um, you know, being we're a lot more physical up front. I think we're 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 attacking more. Um, you know, we've kind of established ourselves as a run first football team and, um, you know, really trying to establish that run and build off of that run. Um, And, you know, and that's what teams are going to see the second half of the year. And it's all about how we adjust and adapt to kind of being that run first team. And how do we build our how do we build our passing attack off of that? And I think defensively, you know, I, I think we're a lot different. I think a lot of it has to go towards, you know, the the, the, the personnel we have in there now and kind of a lot more of the younger guys and guys that don't have as much experience. I think Clayton White, you know, especially against Kentucky, was a lot more aggressive. I think we ran a lot more man coverage. We, you know, we, we, we twisted, we stunted up front, we brought pressure. Um, you know, I think we did a good job on on making Kentucky more predictable and putting them more in, in more predictable um down and distance situations and i think that's what we have to continue to do going forward i think earlier in the year we were a little more conservative um because of the personnel that we had and thinking that you know we can get those front four guys you know we can get pressure on the quarterback with those front four guys we can stop the run and be able to drop guys in coverage and really keep everything in front so i think we've seen a big change from game one and two, all the way to where we're sitting now coming into the Texas A&M game and looking, like you said, carry that momentum into this game and continue doing, you know, what's had as successful these last few weeks and, and kind of doing those same things, establishing the run and, 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 and attacking up front on defense and really um, putting pressure on that opposing quarterback.
2: Texas a and coming to the game. Um, talking to some folks that have, that have scouted them, and, and talking to Jeff Tarpley, our Aggies insider, twenty four seven sports uh, issues on the offensive line. Second straight week, I think Carolina's. You know, because I, you know, I think Kentucky's offensive line obviously played better against Mississippi State, but they had struggled just about the whole year coming in. A and M is no different. Uh, I'm sure they'll fix that pretty soon, but uh, this is not the same type of A&M offensive line. I think we've seen the last few years out of them. Um, and and they could be down two more starters uh, uh, up front. Uh, so in your opinion, uh, I, I, in my opinion, I, I think the recipe is probably similar. Let those guys eat Tonka, and, uh, Boogie, and Jordan Birch, and, and Zach Pickens and those guys, Gilbert Edmund, dare I say. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of the same thing. I mean, I do think you have to slow the run because that's what AM is going to try to do. But you get start getting them in third and six, third and seven. You know, I, I think Carolina's going to have success on defense.
4: Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right on that. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. Continue to let those guys eat because as an offensive line and really as an offensive as that as that unit, those guys really build off each other they feed off each other you tend to build a rapport those front five guys those you know six guys including the tight ends there's a lot of trust that has to be earned and gained with those guys and the more you play together the more you kind of you know the more you that cohesiveness you get the more trust you got because you know what the guy next to you is going to do you know they understand you know their assignments on twists and stunts and blitzes they know you know, you gotta you gotta chip here. You gotta get up to the next level. Or if this guy blitzes, I know that my guy inside or outside is gonna pick up that blitz, or I know that running back or somebody is gonna pick that blitz up. And when you kind of have a revolving door on that offensive line, you don't really have that cohesiveness, and you don't mesh as well. And so there tends to be more confusion up front when there's pressure being brought. So the more you keep those guys on the on their heels, and the more you keep their head on a swivel, and not really knowing where things are coming from, there tends to be breakdowns, and really all it takes is one breakdown up front. And I think we've seen that on our side from an offensive standpoint. It only takes one breakdown. It only takes one guy missing an assignment for everything to fall through, especially throwing the football and keeping the quarterback on their heels and collapsing the pocket. So I I agree with you on that. I think that's one thing is we continue to bring the pressure because having that revolving door of an offensive line that doesn't have that cohesiveness and really that – trust and confidence in each other to you know to know exactly what everybody's supposed to be doing can really cause a lot of issues especially early in a football game being on the road in a hostile loud environment like williams bryce so i think that's one thing where we need to strike early is get pressure early put them in tough down to distance situations and then really take advantage of it offensively um and i think that's going to be really a critical piece to this game Especially keeping the fans engaged and loud, because that's you know like that twelfth man that you know everybody always talks about in that road environment.
2: The twelfth man, you say? Yeah. yeah they're coming in. They're going to be doing a, a yell practice at the state house tonight, like they always do. The, the, the Aggies. So, uh, Cocky Day Gaming says twenty-four fourteen Carolina. Blake says twenty-three nineteen Gamecocks. Maybe says three to two. Gamecocks, VJ says seventeen twelve good guys, and maybe he says I want to see a three two game sometime in my life. Mississippi State and Auburn did that a couple of years ago, by
3: the way. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: so offensively, I I think you know when you when you kind of take the Kentucky game, uh, you know it was a tale of two halves, whatever, blah blah blah. But when you watch kind of what they did right, it's like I think, in my opinion. You know, I, I think that when you, when you, people talk about identity. Well, the identity, what kind of came out in the second half was uh, explosive plays in the pass game and a consistently good running game. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think we've found uh, the identity of this Gamecock offense? Somebody mentioned, you know, Nate Atkins and White Campbell being in there, that power package. I kind of like that too. I think that's, uh, especially against a team like AM's 115th and rushing D. Uh, yeah, you know, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I really do like that. Um, you know, like what we've done. I think it, re- I, you know, I think it fits kind of just what we try to do schematically and how we choose to do things. Um, you know, from a run standpoint and a pass standpoint. And I think, you know, continuing to build off having success running the football, but we can't get too, I think, complacent or too comfortable to where we get predictable, to where we put ourselves back in these bad down and distance situations that really tend to you know, take us away from what we can be really good at. And, you know, I think what, you know, what we need to do is, you know, have success on first down. And whether that's running the football or using a play that is kind of a, uh, a stretch of the run, which is, you know, quick, quick pass to the running back out the backfield, tunnel screens, um, things of that nature to where it's not just that between the tackles or just giving the ball to Marshawn Lloyd or Jaheim Bell or Juju McDowell, but, Really a, a stretch of the run and just being a little more creative, but also not being predictable and utilizing what we do well, you know, like with that, with the package you said, with the big package of Wyatt Campbell and, and Atkins and, you know, having Atkins come down, come down the line like he did and kick out and then utilize that on play action. I don't think we did that at all against Kentucky. And I think that's a one example of what we can do. To that extension of the run game is, is, you know, being able to utilize those plays that we've been successful on in the play action game and whether that's taking a shot downfield or just trying to get a quick hit to a tight end and let them go make a play, but utilizing those strengths to help build the passing game and really get Rattler comfortable. I think the most important thing for the offense this week is allowing Spencer Rattler to get comfortable early in the game and for the game to slow down for him and really take some of those, those early wins as far as quick hits slants, hitch curl you know, just really quick game, let him get the ball and get it out of his hand quickly, Um, you know, and just high, high high percentage, high success plays to help him get into a rhythm and into a groove. And I think, you know, he plays well when we play fast, when we tend mm-hmm. to slow down the pace of the game. I think, you know, we start to think too much. We lose rhythm. There's really not a groove that we get into. Sometimes we'll snap the ball with you know, five seconds left on the play clock. Sometimes it's fifteen or eighteen. So it's, you know, I would like to see us utilize more tempo because I think Rattler plays a lot more comfortable utilizing tempo. So I'd, I'd like to see us do that, but also get him comfortable early because I think we really can have success against this Texas A&M team. Um, you know, if we can if we can get him comfortable early on in the game.
2: Yeah, that, that's been an issue. He has not started well. The offense has not started well. Uh, I, I, think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, you know, it was noticeable last week, Michael, when I was at the game just how slow operationally Carolina's offense was in the first half. And then in the second they picked it up, and, it, you know, they're not going ridiculously fast, but they they call Kentucky off guard sometimes because in college football you just – you have such an advantage when you don't allow the other team to really put their different personnel packages in there and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um and you can just go in, and I think Carolina's versatile enough with some of the players they have on offense to where they, if they had thought about it, and they didn't obviously, but if they had thought about going, hey, we're going to go temp up-tempo this year because we have so many guys that can either line up at tight end or running back or in the slot or whatever, you know, and then you don't have to sub, you're lining up and you can run, you know, four or five different formations uh, with uh, the group you got in. But oh, yeah. They don't- yeah. They don't do that, but that 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 could be. Even uh, you, you know, I, I think that uh, it was an improved tempo second half. Yeah, no,
4: I think. I mean, you're you're spot on right there, and I think you look at it from a from a formation standpoint in the way that a defensive coordinator looks at personnel and formations. You know, you just take for example, you have, you know, two tight ends in the game, and you have Austin Stogner lined up in line of scrimmage, receiver to you know on that side, and then you have Jaheim Bell out in the slot with a receiver out wide. And then next thing you know, you got Jaheen Bell lined up in the in the backfield with the two two receivers lined up tight with you know Jaheen Bell in the backfield with Marshawn Lloyd. And you look at that from just a personnel standpoint, it's a, almost a completely different package on defense that you would utilize rather than when you spread guys out. So you'd rather have big on little at that point in time with those two guys in the backfield. And so it's all about how you play the matchups and and what you see kind of in game, in-game, um, you know checks and 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 how you react to how they how their personnel matches up with our personnel and seeing how they utilize whether you have an extra linebacker in the game or you just still have kind of that nickel or, or 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 a safety in there. And so that's the kind of things like you know utilizing some of that game prep and really coming out and seeing what they do with this different personnel packages, but also be able to go fast and utilizing that game prep to say, this is what we do really well. here's here's our packages that we really like with these guys and let's go, you know, let's keep them on their heels. Finish it up with Michael
2: Flint. He's uh Fridays in here. gives us a great perspective. X's and O's wise. probably one of our favorite guests. I have, we have some mutual friends, Mike. So I don't want to call you my favorite, favorite <laughs> guest, but I'm going to reserve that. But, uh, oh, by the way, James, says Carolina blocks an extra point for the win 2120. Oh, people don't understand either. A&M is a lot like South Carolina in terms of the, the bad luck that happens has happened. I mean, I, I think it gets lost on us because they're, they're kind of a new, a newcomer still, even though they've been in the league, what, 10 years.
4: Yeah.
2: You know, Carolina's hadn't really been competitive against them, but they've, they've had some South Carolina esque moments over the years. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Very much. So, uh, all right. So, Give us your prediction, man. I, I think uh, I'm. I'm. I don't know that I'm as confident about this one, but I'm, at the same time, I'm not going and not going to the horse race. I may have maybe run on adrenaline last week when I predicted the Gamecocks, but I've I've got Gamecocks 28-19, eight nineteen. Phil's got 25-17. What say
4: you? Yeah, I think that this. You know, I think every week we tend to be surprised, but we shouldn't because of how good of a coach Pete Limbo is. And how special teams has been such a game changer and really probably changed the direction in the course of this season by the turnovers we've been able to create by the field position we've been able to to get from, you know, various special teams plays, whether it's blocked punts um, or, you know, extra points or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And I think special teams is still is going to be a huge part of this game. And I think we we need to make big plays on special teams. Now, whether that's flipping the fields on punt with our punter being really good and continuing to flip the field, because that's a game changer in itself. But big plays on special teams, I think, are going to be critical in this football game because I think A&M, just a lot of unknowns. And A&M could come in here with all the talent they have and completely just blow the doors off and it all clicks. But it could be the opposite. And I think it it will, but I think special teams is going to be a big part of it. And I really like South Carolina's chances. I really like the way the offensive line is meshed. I think we see progress with the offense this week, and I think, you know, I I like the Gamecocks, and I think it's going to be a, you know, I'm thinking a, a 28-24 game. I think it is going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. But I like the Gamecocks, 28-24. All right, Mike, appreciate it. I hope you had a wonderful parent-teacher conference today. Um, no, they, the good thing is, is that my kids—they've been good this year. So, I,
3: I, I uh, yeah. that's huge, man. That's huge.
2: Most <laughs> so, so important game. All right, our important thing. Well, thanks, man, and uh, we'll holler at you
4: next week. Are you going to Columbia? Are you heading up to Columbia? I sure am going to Columbia. Going up tomorrow, and uh, we're gonna have a big time, man. Get there and get loud, man. I wish yeah. I, I was right there at the, what a Stadium Villas Lofts. I said, I'll have God. a cold one or, or ten for you. Yeah, do it in my honor, man. Do it in my honor. <laughs> All
1: Go right, Cogs. fellas.
4: Y'all have a good one. Go Cox.
2: Appreciate it, brother. Thank All right. you. Nice. Wando, Michael Flint joining us uh, every everybody. Uh, I mean, every Friday. Everybody, every Friday. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we've had some more uh, predictions roll in. I do, do want to get one more mailbag question before we wrap up. And it comes in from Tristan. He says, evidently, we have some sat believers on Twitter. Got into a little back and forth with some. I don't think I can see anything from him that would lead me to trust him going forward I see no scenario other than beating everyone left on the schedule. We should give Sadden another contract unless he's willing to scrap the lingo, ding, 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 simplify this scheme. And I I think if you, the lingo and the way you teach it and the nuance needs to all all change. Uh, I really changed scheme altogether. I can't see how we'll ever be able to compete with the best teams at the conference, more or less nationally. Other arguments on Twitter were losing recruits, but in my opinion, it doesn't matter what recruits we get if we can't use them. We've shown no real consistent evidence of using personnel correctly. So my question to you is, what would you like to see from Sad to be comfortable with giving him another contract? I'm going to withhold my comment on giving him another contract. I think you guys know how I feel about it. I think a lot of this focus on Satterfield, though, and I think Tristan... You and Tiffany are two very passionate fans, right? Mm-hmm. And very well informed and all that good stuff. I, I think you guys need to stop focusing on that because it's going to drive you crazy. Okay? Uh, and Jamie Bradford helped me this week because it, cathar- it was a little cathartic. Something clicked in my head because, you know, even after Kentucky, I was kind of beating that drum. Uh, it's much better if you just say it is what it is and this team can win anyway this year. Don't worry about the future don't worry about next season don't worry about recruiting uh, and how any kind of change would impact and just you know hope for the best you know that carolina's got enough players that if they get enough explosive plays and they can run the football they're gonna they're gonna have uh, and play defense They're they're gonna be able to win their share of games moving forward uh this year and that's what's most important right now um you know if they were ever, if they're going to be some kind of change, you know, you could have legitimately done it during the open week. But you go up there and beat Kentucky, I mean, wow, you don't change horses at, at that point. Uh, and you can't do it now. There's no scenario where, oh, uh, we're, we're going to, you know, if Carolina lays an egg Saturday night, you go out and, you know, fire Satterfield, you know, middle of the season. And then, you know, it, 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 that's just not going to happen. Uh, and I don't think, Phil, uh, I mean, I think it would be f- tremendously disappointing if the Gamecocks didn't go out there and have a, at least a decent game on offense Saturday.
3: Yeah, you can't go out there and lay an egg. There's one thing that is kind of concerning about this A&M team is that they 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 blitz very low, at a very low rate, right? They're not bringing five or six guys, which is what we've kind of been up against, you know, on these games that we've been playing. So we've been using the perimeter game and those little quick outs and things like that. This team is set up to kind of mitigate that on the perimeter because they're putting in six DBs a lot. They use a lot of dime packages and they're going to be ready for a lot of that. Um, I just think, you know, if you were going, you don't scrap the whole playbook but you need to hopefully we've schemed up some stuff to where the middle of the field isn't lava and we're not playing that game again this week because you're gonna need it. You have to take what the defense is going to give you in this game. That's a huge part about what this is. You got to run the ball, obviously. But when it comes to the passing game, you got to take what they're giving you, and you got to throw your guys open because there's gonna be plenty of people back there in the secondary.
2: Yeah, you don't want to throw it into traffic, and AM got really good quickness and athleticism. Uh, on the back end, they always do. I mean, like, look. One of the flip sides of Texas being um, Texas being pass happy at the high school level uh, is that you get really good defensive backs because they're having to defend the pass all the time. Uh, I think the short stuff, the quick stuff, uh, will help get Rattler kind of. And see, what you do is you, you sit there and you know you, you pick and pick and pick, and you run, and you pick, and you run a pick, and then. All of a sudden, he's comfortable, and hey, play action boom over the and then finally he and Amari and Brown get into one. I don't know why we don't see that.
3: I don't know, I'm
2: not going to get back into the play calling weeds, but most good play callers do that. I mean, dude, Georgia under Mark Ritt early 2000s did not what you would call a futuristic offense, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of something that evolved out of Florida State, a lot of eye formation, a lot of runs, which which Georgia can do. But man, like Clockwork, they had Fred Gibson and David Green, and they, you know, I remember they were playing Clemson uh, to open the season, and Clemson wasn't even in the same league as as Georgia. Uh, I think this is this is actually o three, so they weren't in the same league as Georgia then. By the end of the year, they were. All right, so they're running it with whoever they, you know, they're stable of backs or whatever, grinding out first downs. They go to the 40, play action over the top, Fred Gibson touchdown. You know, I don't see that. I don't see setting up uh, the big, long, you know, slow to I, – I see Carolina taking shots like that early, you know. Um, and yeah. I like that play where however they figured it out to get uh, – to get who? To get uh, Stogner one-on-one.
3: Yeah, that that was a great design it was just poor yeah, execution. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. You,
2: um yeah. but but I think you do yourself favors if you get if you get Rattler into a rhythm mm-hmm. like he was the second half. You go you mm-hmm. they gotta operate at a faster tempo early in the game. Uh you get him going and then he's gonna be able to throw better passes. I mean, because I think at that point he's just pressing, man. Oh my god, here he is. Oh, you know.
3: That kind of i know yeah it's just yeah you, you gotta he's got to get into a rhythm and i totally agree with the, uh, the it doesn't have to be you know hypo speed <laughs> but you know just get get him moving not so much huddle just keep it rolling because i mean it looks better i mean it all and it flows better I mean, we played better you know so why not use that earlier
2: yeah no doubt um You know, somebody said the legend of Josh Heupel continues to grow. Nobody stopped his offense at Missouri. Drew Locke was just bad. You want to stop him? Will Muschamp stopped that offense.
3: Yeah, yeah. You can stop that offense. Yeah, you just
2: can't stop it when you've got receivers that run four two, and a an offensive line that's performing very well with what they do, Um, and a guy like Hooker who's you know what? What was Drew Locke's problem? He forced passes. He was inaccurate sometimes. Hooker's not inaccurate. He is. Ugh, it's crazy. So
3: and anyway. makes decisions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Hooker Hooker makes that go.
2: <laughs> makes, it, makes it roll. All right, we're out of time here today. Everybody enjoy the game this weekend. If you're heading to Williams-Price, have a wonderful time. Understand that uh, you only get so many of these a year, and you only get so many of these in a lifetime. A game to go. Watch Carolina with good weather, night game, uh, an opponent South Carolina needs to beat who's a nationally recognized team that, you know, is one of everybody's darlings. Um, so check that out. Once again, my prediction, 28-19 Gamecocks, fills is 25-17, So, if if, uh, there's a loss, we're going to have to come in here hat in hand on Monday and we will see. And then we'll probably most likely have Keith, uh, usually, unless he's, you know, his voice is gone, we have him on Monday. So, Keith will be in with the brutally honest take Monday morning. And uh, yeah, so we're going to wrap it up inside.